Hello. All right. We are back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host, Spicy Mari, and joined with me as always is my lovely co-host, Dr. Ali. Hey! <laughs> and uh, we're super excited. Today is MLK Day, and uh, we're doing an episode on codependency and how to overcome codependency. So uh, as always, Dr. Ali and I always start off with the spicy dish, and uh, we want to pay some homage to MLK Day. Right. Show, Mar- show Martin a little love. That's it. That's it. I mean, the world is kind of crazy right now, and I'm not sure if people are feeling a lot of love for anyone. So we got to show the man who has made all this possible some support, some love. What would he be thinking right now is what I'm always asking myself. Like if he saw the state of the world? Like, yeah. Like if he if he was still alive, what what would his exact perspective be? Because, I mean, I feel like we've descended into madness. Uh, I think if he were to see what's going on just like with our political system and even just, I mean, if people aren't getting paid right now, like, I think he would be appalled. Uh, I think that, you know, he would be saddened and, you know, hurt because all, you know, his hard work, all the things that we've put in to rebuilding our country, or at least, you know, trying to make it as equal as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have so much further to come. We still haven't achieved, you know, what we've been striving for. But that's not to say that we haven't made some strides. I do believe that we have made several strides. Yeah, right. We've, we've obviously come a really incredibly far and long way in regards to the rights that minorities hold, specifically African-Americans. I mean, I can sit on a bus anywhere I want to sit. I can marry anybody I want to marry. I have the, well, if I was gay, not in every state, but as an African-American <laughs> woman, I can marry whoever I want to marry as long as they're a man. Um, um, I can, I mean, go to school where I want to go to school to. Technically, we can live in the neighborhoods we want to live in. Redlining is still a consider a consideration, but so there's been a lot of change, but then at the same time, it kind of feels the same. Like, but, you know, you can't walk down the street without somebody screaming to you, you know, mm-hmm. like, go back to Africa or, you know, build the wall. I don't know what wall they think would be keeping me out. But <laughs> I'm, I'm like, not going to lie. I don't think that I could have. I don't I, I had to have been born when I was born. I could not have survived. Not with the mentality that I have now, which a lot of, you know, my strength and my empowerment comes from, you know, our predecessors. But I just, you know, for them to have endured what they did, the racism and, you know, the, um, you know, unfairness is just, I, I don't think that I could have done, I think I, I would have been in jail. I would have been dead. I would, because there's no way that, you know, having experienced what they experienced, um, I would have been able to turn the other cheek. I think, I, I think I would I think I would have there would have been an uprising um, as there was but with your name just, all over it because I am not well behaved I think you too Ellie like you you are, are going to be outspoken and I just um, you know I would love for us to you know be able to you know give more to do more to participate in more I think you know we're doing our part in a different um, area yeah. when it comes to you know female empowerment, um, because, you know, uh, it it still has to do with civil rights, like female equality um, uh, with men, you know, that doesn't deal with, you know, our civil rights. Um, We're still not getting equally paid. We're still, you know, not seen um, as equals in relationships. And so, you know, that's, you know, why we, you know, are doing our part in a different area by like doing our self-love summit that we have coming up. You know, that's, that's somewhere where we're, you know, helping create an equal balanced playing field. Exactly. That's where we're being outspoken. That's where we're, and luckily, like you said, we live in a time where we can speak about things like self-love. We can speak about things like women's rights. I mean, if I was alive back then, like I definitely, I think I would have been hanging out with James Baldwin. I have <laughs> such a kindred spirit with him. Like, cause I, I, I'm actually like a huge nerd and I'll listen to a lot of his sim, like seminars and symposiums. He'll do a lot of these discussions with people um, in other fields and in other industries like psychology or medicine where they'll discuss the state of blackness and uh, one woman I can't remember who it was um, she was discussing the state of femininity and, and women's rights at the time and he was discussing black rights and they were having this like hours long debate and it was all recorded and it's just so inspirational and I feel like I would have been there for yeah. sure um, 
that's what I would have been doing. Um, Cause you know, I can get in fit in like uh, I'm going to survive at all costs. So if, if survival <laughs> means shut the hell up, I'm going to shut the hell up, but <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I would definitely think twice, you know, I would think twice. I would find some power and, and utilize that power, but it had well, to be disempowering at the time in general. Cause you just didn't have the options. Well, someone who isn't shutting the hell up is Cardi B. She's not, she's not, she is not uh, falling back, <laughs> taking any type of criticism uh, at all. Like she is somebody who's going to defend herself to the fullest and people um, get on her for being so active on social media and always having to comment when she's included in discussions or she's being attacked. Mm-hmm. But uh, this particular time, Cardi B is giving her political opinions when uh, Tommy Loren gets involved. Uh, you brought it to my attention. You're like, do you see what's going on on social media right now? Yeah, because, you know, Cardi's been going in on politics because I guess one of Cardi's secret superpowers is that she knows everything about every American president. Did you know that? I think you mentioned that to me before and I was like flabbergasted. I was flummoxed because, you know, me and I don't always identify with Cardi. Sometimes she says things and I'm like, what is happening? But, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, now I am team Cardi B because I just love all her political discourse because she doesn't say it with an air of like superiority. She's not speaking with an air of like, I know more than you. She's kind of like, are y'all dumb? Like, why don't you see what's happening right in front of your face? Like, what's wrong with you? And, and so she's been speaking out. Like you said, she's outspoken about everything in her life. So why wouldn't she be outspoken about the way that she feels about our political system and the way that things are going, especially since she has quite a bit of knowledge, especially about like the introvert, like the inter, um, like intimate parts of president's lives. So Tommy Loren, I'm not sure if everyone knows who Tommy Loren is. Do you know who she is? Yeah. Um, yeah. White the, girl who thinks that she knows and can speak on behalf of the Republican yeah. Party. She's like 22 years old. She, she, <laughs> uh, she was working for Fox for a hot second, got fired because she said she didn't really not believe in basically an abortion. Like she didn't say like, I hate it. It's the worst thing in the entire world. And they were like, oh my God, we can't have you on our show because you don't believe in a right for life. You You believe that women should choose and we don't like that. And so She's uh, but she has a ton of followers. Uh, she has like a million followers, um, which Cardi B has like forty million followers. So it's like sit down, Tommy. But um, <laughs> and, and Tommy said, "Looks like Cardi B is the latest genius political mind to endorse the Democrats." Ha! Keep it up, guys. Hashtag MAGA twenty twenty. And so it's like, come on, girl. Like, are you really ready to win? The- you can't win this fight. But what Cardi- did what did Cardi say to initiate that tweet? Like, what did she say originally for Tommy to respond with that? So honestly, as far as I know, she just is responding to the fact that Cardi's been going viral talking about politics. So about, Cardi didn't I'm even say to anything to right Tommy. Cardi she didn't say she didn't say for- anything that like ignited that comment from Tommy. Tommy was just trying to get some attention. That's it. Cardi was just trying to get some attention because. Um, Tommy, because Cardi has so much love. Everybody, you know, she says something like ratchet, people love it. She says something intelligent, people are like, what the fuck? I extra love it. <laughs> and so her most recent video went um, viral where she was talking about the president and people who are voting for him and all this stuff. And so Tommy said that. And then Cardi said, leave me alone. I will dog walk you. Okay. <laughs> so and what I read was that like now everybody went to... Uh, the Urban Dictionary, looking up what dog walking is. <laughs> I still don't know what it means, but it sounds like something you don't want Cardi B to do to you. <laughs> it means that she will she will whoop your, your tail. It means that she will beat your ASS. Yes, Cardi. Yes. So, and then, and then Tommy responded. I'm sorry, there's more. There's more. I'm sure you would. This is what Tommy said. I'm sure you would. Still doesn't make your political rambling any less moronic. Hashtag build that wall. What? Yeah. Then Cardi B came back. <laughs> You're so blinded with racism that you don't even realize the decisions the president you root for is destroying the country you claim to love so much. You are a perfect example Example on no matter how educated or smart you think you are, you're still a sheep. Damn. Right? With, the, with the uppercut right there. That's too... <laughs> That's two animal references that she has made like um, in regards to Tommy. Letting 
her have it. And, um, and I, and this isn't even all of them. I mean, like Cardi's here talking about, I'm paying $4 million in taxes this year. Um, most likely I'm paying for your insurance. That's your favorite president. You know, don't take my tax money for his wall, Mrs. White Bread. And Tommy said, you don't realize these high taxes you complain about are the bedrock of the Democratic Party, right? If you have lower taxes and more economic freedom, beware of the party you're rooting for. So they are like, like it's a, an official beef. Oh, okay. and Tommy. I found what started it. I looked it up. I found out what started oh, it. Uh, Cardi B uh, posted like uh, a video on Instagram dragging President Trump mm-hmm. over his administration's decision for the... Uh, for load employees back to work without pay. Yeah. So I guess, you know, she was, she bemoaned the fact that the government had been shut down for so long and that it was overfunding, you know, for a border wall. So then that's when yeah. Tommy goes in. Yeah. And it's like, Tommy, she's not even talking to you. Right. She's talking about a larger issue that people that we all know, because like, I think what happens is a lot of other people that um, might support the president or not don't know anybody that's on furlough. They don't know any of these people that work for the government that are now in a position where they can't pay their rent. They can't buy food for their kids all because, you know, people that aren't attached to them have a disagreement about something that is very important to them, but might not be so important that you should jeopardize the the livelihood, the safety, the housing and the food of other people. You know, and so Cardi was speaking directly on that issue and I'm like, Tommy, what dog do you have in this fight? What horse do you have in this fight? Like, <laughs> like sit down. You can just watch like the rest of us and, and secretly laugh and comment to yourself. Like, sit down. Because what Cardi said was legit. So question, do you believe that every single person is entitled to their opinion and that every single person should have the freedom of speech? You know, when it comes to this whole freedom of speech thing, I, I understand the intention of the of the amendment, right? It's about making sure that the press is not held back by a, a tyrannical government that wants to change the way things sound and appear to the public, to the populace, right? And we have extended that to the individual, mm-hmm. which I think is great. And I think it's fabulous that everybody has the right to say what they want to say, whether I agree or don't agree. So I will say I do agree with that, but I don't think that that means that you don't have consequences. So you can say something that you have the right to say, but if you say it, you can't unsay it. It's out there. It exists. And now people can choose to respond to you the way that they choose to respond. Right. You, you got to face the ramifications. Got to face it. So that might mean you don't have a television show anymore. That might mean, Tommy, people stop following you on Instagram or maybe more people start following you. You know, there's consequences to every action. So we'll see what the consequence of this ends up being. I don't know. Ooh. What do you think? Cardi's gonna keep Cardi is going to keep coming for her if she doesn't stop. Like if she continues, Tommy's gonna get drugged like through the mud. And that's because this kind of reminds me of Hillary and Trump in the opposite direction, in that Trump can go low and say whatever he wants and nobody cares about it because that's his personality. But Hillary Clinton couldn't say crazy things, she couldn't go low, she couldn't mm-hmm. give a bad nickname because her whole perspective was I'm above this. And I feel like with Tommy and Cardi, Cardi can go low because that's her ratchet is her whole thing yeah it's her brand, <laughs> it's her brand. being, petty, being petty and crazy is her brand that's her brand she can be as honest as she wants to be and tommy can't do that she, she can't say certain things because she's branded herself as this you know intelligent angry young political ingenue so we will see we I, know, so we know who's gonna win that battle <laughs> I mean, like tommy is about to get ronda rousey like, she's, she's bringing knives to a gunfight. She's bringing knives to a gunfight. <laughs> He's not ready for this at all. So, yeah, I just, I thought that this is really funny. I'm going to have to keep up with this. This is really funny. Okay, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to keep an eye on this. I'm sure there's going to be more. I do not think that Cardi's done. But, um, okay, so that that is it for the spicy dish. We have to jump into the naked truth so we can get on um, our relationship topic for the day. Uh, I recently was just on uh, Good Morning La La Land, where one of the co-hosts on there had uh, mentioned, you know, based on like the spicy fundamentals that I was speaking about, how important it is for her to get out of and for her to have recovered from codependency. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oddly enough, you hit me up and you're like, we should talk about codependency. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a sign from the universe. Mm-hmm. This is definitely something that is, you know, going on that we need to speak to and, you know, speak to people's lives, speak to people's spirits about it. Uh, because oftentimes I think we experience codependency with them not even knowing. And yeah. a lot of people don't even know what codependency is. Absolutely. So 
if you guys are someone who's unfamiliar with it um, and you might be experiencing it and you're unsure, you don't really know, uh, codependency is it's, it's something that's been long associated with like drug addictions or substance abuse um, and involving, you know, those who are, you know, using or, you know, in relation to them. But it's also a controversial term that suggests that one person's behavior supports or enables another person's behavior. Mm-hmm. So, of course, this is, you know, what we're talking about in the relationship realm where it causes negative effects. And we've done an episode before on toxic relationships. One of the stem roots of that toxic relationship is the codependency factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And having one partner that's dependent on the other. And because uh, what got me thinking about it, obviously, is the whole R. Kelly thing in that you have a lot of different mm. personalities involved. But there's um, undoubtedly some level of dependency, whether it be, you know, some of even in some of the victims, whether it be in some of the people that are enabling R. Kelly, people around him who are maybe more dependent on him, have more dependent personality types. And so they're willing to kind of go along with something that on the outside looks very inappropriate. But I think it's something that we that people deal with more than we think about, because I I totally agree with you in that. I think it all started the idea of dependency started with substance abuse where you know there's this idea because you can be addicted to something and and not necessarily be dependent or whatever you can be dependent on something and addicted to something but you don't always have to be addicted to be dependent right and does the codependency come does it have to be in order for it to be the co it has to be two people involved in the relationship Mm -hmm. it's not just one person being 100% dependent on the other person it's this mutual exchange of dependency correct absolutely and and like like you were mentioning um the person earlier you're talking about when you have like a power differential relationship and dynamic where maybe one partner is a little abusive physically verbally whatever the abusive partner actually does have a dependency on the abused partner in that they have to make sure that that partner doesn't basically narc on them right so that's why they come with the gifts that's why they come with the apologies or they come sweet because they have to make sure okay, is this person going to out me to everyone that I know and say that I'm a, you know, an asshole, basically, or to say that I've been beating her, get me thrown in jail, her or him. And so there is also this dependency that gets this bond that is built with the abuser and the abused. And it's this being able to control the other person's behavior. Yeah. So yeah. Even, even the person who may be more of the victim in this situation they still are monitoring their behavior or like watching what they say, watching what they do, uh, because they know that it will ignite or create this certain reaction that will either, you know, get them hurt, but then, you know, able to get through it and get to the apologetic, you know, good stuff, or, you know, it will, they, they know what the, you know, what the buttons are that they can and cannot push. And sometimes, they won't, you know, defend themselves or do what's right or make, you know, the best decision for their lives yeah. because they don't want to ignite or upset the other partner. And so for those who are like, well, I don't really know if this is something that I relate to, you know, what does it feel like? Codependency feels like we think we know what we need to believe. And, you know, if I can just get this person to be this way, I would feel better. You're mm. essentially like using the relationship to like deep heal and, you know, within your own psyche. Um, and you've convinced yourself that, that if you, if this person changes or if this person, you know, does what it is you need them to do, that then you'll feel the satisfaction of love or then you'll be happy or, you know, then the relationship will work out. And sometimes we, we get into a codependent relationship and I've seen it before where we're still staying with the person because of the way that they treated us the first week or the first month that we were Mm. dating them. And they are not that same person. (laughs) The real person is who they are right now. However, we're still obsessed with this idea of if I can just get them to be nice to me again, if I can just get her to be as sweet and, you know, caring as she was, you know, the first time we went out and the truth comes out, the real person comes out, they're not able to keep up with the facade. And now we're in this, you know, codependent relationship where we're constantly trying to get this person to behave the way that they used to. And we're holding out and it doesn't happen. We want to stay in the relationship way longer than we should. That's it. I think that the key word that you said, too, was control, because I think a lot of people feel like the dependent party is the one being controlled, but they're also the one trying to get control. They're trying to control the behavior of the person they're in the relationship with so that they can feel better. Like you said, they have all this anxiety and I have to get rid of that anxiety 
by making this person the person they were with in the beginning that that honeymoon period like where that person go maybe if I do this maybe if I iron his socks the right way or maybe if I do that then maybe he'll do this for me and blah 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 and it's really all about control which is a means to decrease their own anxiety and control can come in several different forms sometimes control isn't just your partner uh I'll use for instance you know a, a hypothetical like my relationship for instance if I was displeased with something that my husband was doing say he was going out and I didn't want him to go out I could be trying to control him by saying you can't go out you don't have permission you need to stay home mm-hmm. because maybe I'm feeling insecure or jealous or worried about you know something that he may be doing the other form that control can also show up is me allowing him to go out but then on the flip side me doing something harmful to the relationship like cheating on him while he's out or um, you know, m- not being home and, you know, creating a little fear in his heart and making him think that I'm doing something that I have no business doing. And now I'm creating insecurity with him so that the next time he thinks about going out, he's afraid. Manipulation. Or, and, yep. and that is manipulation. So even though I may not be telling him you can't go out, it's this, you know, it's this, there's something wrong with, there's something fearful in my heart. I'm looking for the other person to fix that. And so I'm trying to c- control their behavior or the way that they feel in order to fix what's wrong with me. I think that that is so poignant. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't always associate with codependency, but it is so connected. This, this not always, cause I, I feel like, you know, being direct is great. If you don't want your man to go out be like, boo, stop it. Like tonight, can we just be together? <laughs> you know, at least you're being direct, you know, and if he still goes then you make a way to be calm or okay with it. But this whole, like, because what I'll see, because um, uh, when I was in clinical practice, you'd have a lot of clients come into you and they would kind of do the same thing. You know, if, if he doesn't give me what I want, if he doesn't say this, if he doesn't give me that, then I might just kill myself. Like, I might just not be able to be on this earth anymore. And so if you're a reasonable person that loves somebody, even a small amount, you don't want them mm-hmm. to die. Like, you don't want the person to kill themselves. And so if someone's threatening something like that, you're more likely to be like, okay, I'll just stay home. I understand, you know. But it, it never really gives the person the thing they want because they really want that genuine love. They want that genuine, unconditional, you know, positive regard and love from this person that they're with. But when someone's manipulated and forced to be close to you, it doesn't really feel that good. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel good to know that that person's only there because you threatened to, to leave or you cheated or whatever. And so now you have all of this negative attention around you when you really just wanted some positive love and affection. And, you know, that is something that, you know, I want people at home, like if you guys are listening or driving, whatever you're doing, I want you to know that you are not alone, first of all, and that Dr. Ellie and I both have at some point in our lives experienced this. And so, you know, I was, I was even in a situation where I was codependent in the relationship and because I didn't trust the person, I wouldn't allow them to go to a party or go to anything without me. Because I felt like if I missed the event or if I wasn't there, I wouldn't be able to regulate or monitor what they were doing and they may step out. And the root issue in that wasn't that, you know, I wasn't good enough or that, you know, we didn't have, um, well, we didn't have a healthy relationship. But the, the, the real issue was my self-esteem and being in that relationship and the lack of trust that I had being with somebody who I didn't trust, mm-hmm. like there, that spoke to my self-esteem. And so I should, I had no business being in that relationship, but I was trying to control their behavior by making me at least like go with them. Cause I couldn't stop them from going out. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm just going to be there and I'm just going to show up. Even if you go without me, I'm just Damn, popping up. I was a pop-up. Yes. Oh, I was, just... was popping up. Like, ha, gotcha. Gotcha. And they wouldn't be, <laughs> be doing anything. But it was always this, like, oh, ha, my God. Gotcha. I love it. How old were you? Uh, How old were you? In my 20s, of course. Like, you know, mid, mid-20s is when we are the, you know, we're still finding ourselves. We're the most um, uh, insecure, still figuring out, yeah. you know, what our purpose in life is. And, you know, trying to, trying to navigate this world of dating. And, you know, really having to come to grips with the fact that we just, we were two people who didn't belong together. And I just wanted to be in a relationship. I wasn't necessarily in love with this person. I just wanted the relationship. Um, wow. But 
you know, if you guys are wondering, you know, okay, we, you know, we told you what codependency is, we told you what it feels like. If you're wondering what it looks like, it looks just like that. It, it looks like um, you putting your partner's needs above your own, you depending on your partner for self-esteem, you giving too much to your partner mm. and also minimizing deal breakers in your relationship. Mm. So if you don't have a set of deal breakers, you're going out there in this world dating without a compass, without being able to navigate and really know if your deal breakers are being broken because you haven't made any. Uh, what I recommend to you guys is to make a list of deal breakers. What are your what are your non-negotiables that if somebody does in the relationship, you will call it quits? Because oftentimes we'll compromise things that are very important to us, like our values, so that we can be in relationship with someone. And it's not enough for you to just have deal breakers. You need to ask your partner to have them as well. So you know what boundaries not to cross. That's it. So you both are being able to mutually respect each other's time and in the relationship. Yeah. And what I've noticed is when I have people, men and women included, that come into my office that want to be in a relationship and we start having conversations about deal breakers and they'll, they'll start off and be like, okay, well, this is a deal breaker and this is a deal breaker. But then they'll be like, well, maybe not. I mean, really? Uh, and then they kind of like backtrack. And what, because I'm always looking for the underlying, like why, what's the underlying reason? And obviously everyone's reasons are a little different. Mm-hmm. But when you distill it down, I get a lot of it is fear. A lot of it is this fear that they're not going to find this person that they really want. Mm-hmm. And so I can't have too many deal breakers because then I'm going to end up alone and miserable and sad and, and, and so I'm just going to accept whoever he is and I'll learn to live with it, you know, but they don't want to say that they want to say like, no, I do have deal breakers, but then you get them out there going on dates and somebody's broken something. And they're like, well, I mean, really, it wasn't that, but it wasn't that, that, and you're like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> but wait, didn't you say, you know, if he had more than four children, you couldn't be with him and you oh found out he had six kids right, by five different women. Isn't that not on under- they don't even put marriage on there. They're like, well, nope, they can be married. They can be married. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you're like, honest to God, I've heard that. Like, he can be married, but you want to be married. So how right. can you be married to so someone who's already why married? Like, isn't you know, that a deal breaker? <laughs> and the underlying piece of it might even be kind of angling towards this codependency dependency piece where they don't have the self-esteem to be able to say, I'm worth a man that wants to be with me and only me. Someone that's planned his life out in a way that aligns with the way I've planned my life out, you know, because we also now have this phenomena where there's a lot of women, especially, you know, minority women who are killing it. I mean, some of my girlfriends that are single, I mean, like working at Mm -hmm. Google, working at Microsoft, these women are running like tech companies and media companies and, and, and I mean, just doing dynamic, amazing, phenomenal things. And they're having a hard time finding men that can kind of like, be at their level and so then so then they get scared to make these deal breakers but i'm telling y'all ladies these men exist they're out there and they want people who all who have limits who place limits on things they don't want to just be with someone that they know will do anything because people learn how to treat you by the way you, you you teach them like you teach them how to treat you and if you don't teach them how to treat you in the right way they're gonna learn a lesson that you don't want them to learn i i am 100 percent for everything you just said I'm going to what I am going to add to that, though, too, though, because um, we're going to do a whole episode all together on, um, you know, finding your equal. Um, mm, but, can't but, wait. but what I do need to put a disclaimer out there is because you know, I am noticing like I will get feedback from people. They take what we say very literally. So I want to put a disclaimer out there when it comes to um, believing that this person for you exists, whether you're male or female, the person for you does exist. OK, yeah. and if you have your deal breakers, great. What yep. I don't think should be a deal breaker on that list, though, is how much the person makes. I don't think that mm. there should be a dollar amount. That should not be a deal breaker. If this person doesn't make mm. ex- the amount that I make or more, that's a deal breaker. The reason why I don't believe that is because I think that people have different purposes in life and different passions that may not be on the same trajectory and yeah. in the results as you. And so based on the different paths that you chose – the person could make more or less at the time that you find them. What I do believe is, does this person have an action plan and are they following through with their action plan to become successful or where does this person prioritize 
financial gain and financial success in their life if that is something that is of value to you? Is this somebody who you can build with or is this somebody who is going to be, you know, staying on his couch, living at his mom's That's forever? Because I definitely don't believe in, you know, just falling in love with someone's potential. I believe that two people combine, you know, iron sharpens iron, but are they bringing enough balance to your life that it's worth you sacrificing maybe some of the financial gains at this very moment to build the empire together. Because so I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love that. That's totally real. Because if they have that passion and that drive for the thing that they really love or or the thing that they're really good at or whatever, then like you said, iron sharpens iron. The two of you can grow in something because let's establish that it's often better to be in a relationship with someone that you grew together with, especially with finances, than to just come into a relationship with some guy that already has $10 billion and you come with, you know, your money, but it's, it's all, you know, cause sometimes those people feel like it's my money, not yours. Yeah. But if you helped right. this person, you guys helped each other, you built each other up, you, sh- you scaffolded each other and you've supported each other throughout the entire relationship. Like, that's just like the ideal, uh, you know, that's, I think that's a, it's a very good feeling, you know? And so it's about finding somebody. So maybe instead of having this, this money, uh, like deal breaker, it's more so about like passion. I want someone who's passionate about what they do. Right. Or I want somebody that's actually happy because we talked about happiness last week and it is just so fundamentally important to be with somebody that enjoys some part of their life. Cause I understand not everyone's going to love their job, but enjoy something like, like you have to, I, I don't know for me, I think that probably was a deal breaker. Like I want a happy partner. Yeah. No, yeah. that is quite essential to the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Like the basics, the um, absolute basics. We don't want to put fear into your heart, but we do want you guys to understand that like if you're in this codependent relationship and you both aren't happy, you both are, you know, questioning each other's judgment. There's a lack of trust. You know, those those are things that will continue to break down. Communication will continue to break down. Trust will continue to break down. You will start to, you know, feel isolated and lonely and eventually it will lead to the destruction of the relationship if there is this codependency going on and you guys don't acknowledge and recognize it right away. Yeah. And in, in just a you know couple minutes, we're going to tell you how to, um, you know, recover or to overcome codependency. But first we have to give a special shout out to our spicy sponsors. And so um, today's spicy sponsor Zola. You guys know I love me some Zola. It's a free wedding website that helps create your dream wedding registry with affordable save the dates and invitations and easy to use planning tools. So for anyone who has been a bride or bridezilla, uh, like I heard I was, okay, (laughs) this will take so much stress out of your life. Uh, I was cleaning my nightstand last night and found like over 50 wedding cards from our guests that had like money and gifts in them that we've of course deposited, but I still haven't sent out thank you cards and it's been over a year. And so I just wish (laughs) that I had used a site like Zola to design and send out my wedding invitations and thank you cards because the struggle is real to stay organized and you know, you want to conveniently manage everything online in in just one place. And I didn't do that. And so I just, I wish I had saved so much time, you know, with Zola and it, you know, our time is valuable and, yeah. you know, Dr. Ali, you can speak to how important organization is. Oh God. I, we were just talking about organization today, but yeah. So Zola can fix all of that stuff. You start with a free wedding website. It's super easy and it just takes minutes to set up. There's over a hundred beautiful wedding website designs to choose from. Try saying that fast three times. Wedding website designs. <laughs> <laughs> and you can choose any of the 100 and it fits any couple style and everyday type of wedding photos stories about where you guys met travel accommodation info and even you know recommending things to your guests to do while they're in town for your wedding because let's be real destination weddings are fabulous hey (laughs) zola makes um registering for the newlywed life so easy as well um guests love free shipping and returns price matching and more over 500 top brands from xoxo and cuisinart sonos airbnb like Ugh, so many vendors. You can also create uh, funds for your honeymoon, future home, a new little puppy, anything you want. Uh, Zolo also has the best completion discount of 20% of remaining gifts on your registry starting right after your big day. So to start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to Zola.com backslash Zola Spicy. Once again, this is a free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola.com 
backslash Zola website. Once again, it's Zola.com backslash Zola spicy. And I just saw their commercial the other day um, when I was like uh, with my husband watching television. It's so cute. I love the actual oh, like I commercial. Know, the yes, Zola website commercial. Is so, <laughs> their, no, their commercial was so cute. I was like, hey, hey, we talk about them. <laughs> I know. I love them. Um, and our <laughs> other spicy sponsor, which I'm super excited to present, what men want yes. is already our favorite movie of 2019 uh because we're all about understanding how men and women behave and think on the spicy life so you guys get excited because opening day is friday february 8th and we will be there in the good reclining theater chairs mm-hmm. to witness this hilarious r-rated bussy comedy event that delivers wishful fulfillment fantasy and fun from the same team who produced girls trip what men want is starring taraji p henson yay I love her. Oh gosh, she's my favorite. She always brings the laughs, but her time, her um, but this time her comedic chops will have your stomach hurting from laughter, like hurting. Get ready. She <laughs> gains this incredible power to hear men's thoughts. Who wouldn't want that? And how she uses her power to win at life and love. Imagine all the possibilities if you knew what men were actually thinking and the crazy circumstances that that could lead to. What men want is um is an all-star comedy cast in front and behind the camera with taraji b henson tracy morgan aldous hodge max greenfield erica badu and shaquille o'neal first of all everything shaq does makes me laugh i can't wait for this and it's directed by adam shankman and what men want is the perfect movie to see with your girlfriends. I'm definitely rounding up the troop and taking everyone to see it for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Valentine's Day is Valentine's Day with your female friends. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and I'm going to drag my hubby again on Valentine's Day to put a little bit more fear in his heart because mm. he already thinks that I can read the minds of men. So uh, just like in the movie, <laughs> we got to support. We got to support what men want. Ladies, let's round up our girls and make yes. sure that we go and see this movie. And I am super excited about that all-star comedy cast because uh we already know Taraji's hilarious but I mean all these people and oh shout out to Aldous Hodge who's a good friend of mine as well super proud of him to make yes. the cut for that film <laughs> and Erica first of all I'm ready to see Erica Badu like right yeah, love her. oh ready. no yes this is gonna yes. be a great film Go okay so spicy, yes, we love our spicy sponsors <laughs> you know I can sing a little something yes. uh okay so back to our show uh we were telling you guys earlier about codependency we want to tell you now how to overcome it and so uh, step number one, you want to acknowledge it. Like if anything that we said sound familiar to you at all, you got to admit that you have codependency. It's okay if you do, because you can, you can overcome it. I don't, I, you know, we, we stay in the dark and then we don't work on it. And we stay in a situation that turns into uh, toxic relationships. And if you, had, you didn't hear our toxic relationship episode, go back and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. But because uh, here, yeah, okay. it's, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I know, I was just going to say, it's like, as a spicy tip, like, say it out loud. Like, sometimes when you're thinking these crazy thoughts, say them out loud. If they sound crazy to you and unhealthy, chances are you're codependent. That's it. That's it. Because a lot of times people are so afraid to acknowledge something that they end up making the problem worse because they've neglected it for so long. Mm, preach. You know, and, and so there's something very powerful about admitting that something isn't the way you want it to be. And then you can start to make moves to change it. You know, it's almost like those monster movies back in like the 70s. Did you have you ever seen The Creeping Eye? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. They're like these super old monster movies. And like, you know, my dad used to watch them all when he was a kid. And you're so scared. But then you see the monster and it's actually just like a guy in a super cheesy suit with like wires holding half of it up and like a zipper that's exposed. And it's just not that scary. But you were so busy being scared and not looking at it that you actually made it seem more scary. Yes. And that's how I think a lot of our internal fears are. We make them scary because we refuse to face them and we refuse to look at them. But once you're able to acknowledge, and that's why acknowledging it and admitting it is such a huge step, because for the first time you're turning to something that you've been neglecting for a long time, you're looking at it head on and you're saying, I'm not scared of you anymore. You're, stand- you're facing your fear. You're standing up. Mm-hmm. You're standing up. And you're saying, I admit that this is happening. And now I can begin to make the, the next step. The next step would be to give yourself permission to do what you want. So focus on your needs and your wants. If what the person that you're in a relationship with, if their needs and wants aren't in alignment with your needs and wants, then you may need to find like balance. You may need to, you know, say no, which is, you know, the third tip, say no. But 
you know, oftentimes we want to accommodate everything that person wants instead of putting ourselves first. So, you know, my spicy tip to you guys is to create a social calendar and it includes, you know, something professional on there that you of course have to do, you know, on a weekly basis, um, like your responsibilities, maybe you're building a deck for your team, whatever that may be, but then you need to include something romance for you and your partner to en enjoy and experience, but then something with like your friends, something with your family and something for just yourself because we get lost in the sauce and we start to forget all of our family and friends when we get mm -hmm. into a codependent relationship. That's real. A lot of times when you're in these relationships, you like you said, you totally lose track of who you are. You, you're so scared of this rejection that you're afraid to stand up for what you want. And after a while, you might even forget what you want. Like and you might have no idea. Yeah. You lost, you lost like self, right? Yeah. You, you lose that sense of self because if you don't, you, if you don't use it, you know, they say you lose it. You can always get it back. <laughs> you can always get it back, but you can definitely lose touch with the things that are interesting to you with the things that you enjoy because you've been working so hard to make sure that this person doesn't leave you or this person doesn't reject you that you only do the things that they like. And so it's important to maybe sit down and take some, you know, some, a moment to breathe and to think about, you know, what did I used to like to do? Cause you might be making this list and you're like, well, I don't even know. Do I like sushi still? You know, he liked, he liked, you know, Thai food so much that I've been eating a bunch of Thai food and I'm not sure if I still like Japanese food. Right. Or do I still like, you know, this. And so, so I love the idea of setting up the calendar so that you can start to like, kind of go out and do things and adventure and get used to being yourself again. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the hardest part will be to say no and to, you know, stand up for what you want. Yes. Um, and you don't have to be, you know, a super duper butthead about it. You can definitely say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not comfortable with doing that. Go ahead and do it, you know, yourself. Or yeah. I would rather go do X, Y, and Z if you want to join me doing that thing. More power to you. Also, don't just don't be afraid to separate, though. If you're in a codependent relationship, I understand that there's usually for sure trust issues involved um, where you both are afraid of, you know, losing losing each other and you guys are constantly you know, fighting with one another or working towards, you know, maybe rebuilding. Um, but in the, in the process of that, you guys have, ex you know, just accepted that, well, this is what we signed up for. It's going to be, you know, a tumultuous relationship and it doesn't have to be there can, you can find balance again by, you know, telling your partner no, when it should be a no and yes, when it should be a yes. Yeah. Don't be afraid to negotiate your needs. That's it. Don't be afraid to negotiate. I love that because no, doesn't have to be this horrible experience where you're, partner is devastated no commute negotiation like tonight I don't really want to do that maybe we can do it next week I like you know? that negotiation yes. it doesn't yeah. have to be I win you lose you lose you win I lose it can be a little bit of like we both kind of win but I just don't want to do that right now yeah and then ask are you comfortable with that like does that work for you are you yeah. <laughs> right it's a communication it's two-way you can ask a person what's going on inside of their head and they can respond to you because that's so much better than just guessing. Uh, the next one, if you are looking to overcome codependency, you guys, is be a little selfish. Uh, my husband would probably say, I'm a little bit too selfish. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to do what Spicy wants to do because in past relationships, I learned um, and put other people before some of my own happiness and my needs. And I had to learn from that. And so in this, you know, relationship and in, in past ones that you know you're it's always a constant learning lesson I got to the understanding of there needs to be me time there needs to be um loving on myself time and I don't always need to be in the presence of him or you know do what you know my partner in the relationship wants to do like sometimes I want to go and just have an adventure on my own and if he tells me he doesn't want to see a movie with me guess what I go see it on my you know by myself and so, um, or I'll hit, you know, Dr. Ali up because we're going to go see <laughs> what men want. What men want. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, take time to discover what you love again, because majority of the time you got so lost up in their hobbies that you forgot your own. And like Ali said, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. So go out, take yourself out. When, um, when I was working this really stressful job, I had totally lost myself. And what I would do on the way home every day is I would stop off by a different restaurant that I'd never been to. Ooh. or a different coffee shop so you because you know you have these like this is LA you have these huge commutes you're driving for you know two hours each way and just to break it up I would be like oh look at that cute pink thing what is that let me stop off and just see what this pink restaurant's all about and then I would just take a little bit of time there and then just get home when I 
got a chance, but I discovered so much about myself in adventuring and having it be a part of my commute. I was able to go somewhere that I would never have gone because it wasn't even in my neighborhood. Love, love, love that. Yeah. Um, and then what about Woody? How do you feel about affirmations? Because I know that uh, affirmations can be a little bit tricky if you're telling yourself like, you know, I'm amazing. I'm worthy of love. Um, will that help when it comes to like building self-esteem? If you've been in a relationship with someone who, you know, you feel like has somewhat hurt your self-esteem in the process of maybe experiencing some forms of rejection in this codependency. Yeah. So I absolutely love affirmations because I always talk about what fires together, wires together. The more you think something, the more, the easier it is for you to think it in the future. So the more you start thinking things that are positive, the more likely you will be to think many more positive thoughts, right? So I love them. That makes sense. The, yeah. trick, the trick to affirmations is this. You have to believe them. So if you staunchly believe that you are unattractive and unworthy of love, right? Telling yourself I'm beautiful and worthy of love might not help as much. I think it will help more than saying I'm unattractive and not worthy of love. But saying something that you do believe. So maybe you say something like, um, I have beautiful eyes and I am a very good provider. Mm -hmm. Right. And those, that's something that you really, and that's something that you really believe that you do have beautiful eyes and you are a great provider. So that's what you repeat to yourself. Maybe the first week. So you start to, you, you, you meditate on it every morning. You meditate on it every night. You write it down on your mirror. You write it down on a sticky note. You put it in your phone. Then maybe the following week you say, you know what? I also have a very, my, I love my whole face today. I'm beat to, to the gods right now. I look gorgeous. Like, or you always say like, you know, my skin, I love my skin. And then you say, you know, I'm also blank. And so you start to grow your affirmations yeah. into a place where you actually do start to believe, oh my God, I'm amazing. And I'm absolutely worthy of love. And so not for, so for everyone, they can't make that big leap. And I think that's one of the things that we tend to do is we want to just go from, I hate myself to, I love myself. But there's a lot of steps in between, and that's where I like to drive to take people as we're um, working together in coaching. And I think a good point to what you're saying is, you know, the part about the baby steps in this belief system, uh, because one thing that is, you know, extremely important in, you know, in breaking down this, you know, codependency is, you know, the, the part when it comes to facing your fears. Mm. And so when you're somebody, you know, that's operating from a place of fear, it's easy to say, you know, well, stop being afraid of that thing versus, you know, the person actually needing to know that when they tip, you know, they dip their toe in, that it is safe, that they're not drowning. Then they put their knee in, then they put their waist in, and then they can start to begin to swim. But mm -hmm. it is no just like deep sea diving if you're afraid of water. That's it. Um, That's when it. it comes to like facing your fears. And so That's facing it. your fears is like one of the last things that I would say when it comes to, you know, trying to break free from this um, codependency because, um, you know, and, and I kid you not, I, I have a client who's afraid of heights and we, you know, made her go skydiving, but we didn't start off what? with outdoor skydiving. <laughs> wow. She started with, a, you know, a high hike. Um, then, you know, she, you know, then she did, you know, biking down the hike. Then she went into indoor skydiving with me. Like, mind you, these are dramatic things. I'm not telling anybody to go indoor skydiving or skydive, but I'm saying if I would just thrown her out of plane right away, she would have lost her mind. Exactly. <laughs> in therapy, we call it successive approximation, where you begin, especially with people who have phobias and fears, where you begin to work with them to maybe like if you're scared of spiders, you say the word spider 50 times. Then you look at a picture of a spider. Then you look at a video of a spider. Mm -hmm. Then you sit in the room with a spider. Then you sit in the room with this person holding a spider in their hand. Then eventually you're holding the spider and now you're not that scared of spiders, you right. know? And so this is something that works in yeah. everything because this is how humans learn. We learn through successive approximations and scaffolding. Scaffolding is where we watch somebody else model it for us. And that's what you were doing by going with your client to skydive, indoor and then, skydive. And then she, the reward to her though too, because it's one thing to like face your fear. It's another thing to like face your fear and feel good and have a reward mm -hmm. afterwards to show for it. So, you know, one of the rewards for her, too, wasn't just, like, experiencing, because she was terrified the entire time of the skydiving. <laughs> oh, no. it, it was the video and being able to see herself fly and being able to, you know, see herself 
do something that she had never done before that she never believed that she was capable of. So in a situation where there's codependency and you're afraid to say no, or you're afraid to disappoint your partner, baby steps, start off, you know, by putting yourself first and saying, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Then you move up to, unfortunately, you know, it's a no. And then you move, you know, then you move up to like, you may have to even have a conversation where you're saying, you know, there's going to be a balance. There's some, you know, new order in town and you check off your, you know, you keep, you keep a tally maybe of how many times you stood up for yourself or how many times you put yourself first. Yep. And then if you get to five times this week or five times this month, even because you're taking baby steps that you put yourself first above somebody else's needs, whether it's your boss, your lover, your mom, because some of us have some codependency with our moms too. Um, you reward yourself <laughs> after you've checked off, you know, or tallied up those five, you know, buy yourself something nice. Maybe you're getting an ice cream cone. Maybe you're buying, you know, something with your Nordstrom's points, whatever, yes. <laughs> you know, them, and them notes. I love those Nordstrom's notes, but whatever, whatever, whatever I think rewards, I think like what, what piece of David Yerman jewelry am I going to get today? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ali's rewards are over the top. My husband would be looking at our credit card bill like, what? Um, You rewarded yourself a lot this month. But even if it's something small from Amazon, you know, take advantage of that free shipping on Prime. But, you know, give yourself these, you know, small little gifts. It doesn't need to be public, but just, you know, something for yourself that says, hey, I put myself before the needs of somebody else this week. And it doesn't mean that you drop all of everybody else's needs, but it means that you start to create a balance between yours and theirs. That's it. Finding the realistic things that you're doing that are putting you at a disadvantage and that are a part of this like pathological dependency. And, and, and also it takes trial and error to figure out what is what, right? You're not going to be an expert at this the first, you know, the minute you decide to, you know, deal with the codependency. And that's also why it's important to have someone who can guide you, a coach, therapist, um, somebody that can be there with you to help you kind of decipher like, what is a reasonable thing for a partner to ask me to do? Yes. What is unreasonable? What is a reasonable response from me? And what is an unreasonable response? What is, you know, am I codependent? You know, is this, you know, is this a dependent personality disorder? What do I have going on? And how do I begin to actually like start chipping away at this so that I can live a life that's more in balance? Yep. And to your point, like Dr. and Ali, I, Dr. Ali and I are here for you guys. If yes. you need us, please email us. Um, text that, you know, well, our number's not out there, but you can definitely <laughs> go to the Spicy Life or, you know, um, reach us on social, you know, slide through our DMs and we will communicate with you. We have people who hit us up all the time on mm-hmm. social asking us questions, you know, and needing help in the relationships. And we want to be a support unit for you guys. And we also have, you know, the self-love summit coming up and whether you're male or female, you could benefit from this. We're going to be speaking to, you know, how to, you know, self-regulate emotions, behavior, you know, how to communicate more effectively with, you know, your partner or other, you know, loved ones in your lives. You know, it's going to be a workshop where you're able to spend time with other people who, you know, have similar struggles that are in need of answers and exercises that will help strengthen, you know, some of your self-esteem that you may be battling with, or, you know, some of the challenges that you face on a day-to-day. So please look out for that self-love summit. Uh, Tickets will be on sale soon. Uh, And we're just gearing you guys up for those now. But uh, we're going to wrap up this show. You guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at Spicy Madi. And definitely make sure that you follow us at The Spicy Life. Uh, Dr. Ali, where can they find you? You can find me at AllisonHicks.com. That is A-L-L-Y-C-I-N Hicks.com. You can find me there. You can find me Allison Hicks on Instagram and Twitter. All right. And there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. <laughs>